Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. You're listening to Linux in the Ham Shack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello everybody and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 245 of Linux in the Ham Shack. I'm your host, Russ, K5TUX. Over there is Cheryl. W5MOO. And there's Bill. Denny 4RD. All right. We're all here. Yay. Again, for a change. (laughs) And uh, since we have a sort of an urgent topic coming up, we should probably get right to it. It's our lead segment for tonight, and that's a hurricane that's bearing down upon the southeast of the United States. And it's uh, currently a Category 4, but I, I gather that it's weakening or planning to be weakening very soon. Uh, still hammering North Carolina and South Carolina, though, uh, and possibly up into Virginia. And that's uh, Florence uh, measured on the uh, the Saffir Simpson hurricane wind scale. We have to be that specific, do we? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Everyone knows it's a category something or other. Uh, yes. The current forecast calls for Florence to make landfall as a major hurricane on Thursday. And after landfall, the hurricane is basically expected to stop and spin for a while. And dump lots of rain all over the southeast. Not uh, very good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think they're originally calling for 40 inches in some yeah, places. Some place, yeah, some places. Yeah, that's a lot of rain. Uh, yes. There there are nets that will be activated um, to handle all of this. Uh, 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time, 1500 UTC, on uh, 14325 and 7268 on the 12th. And they'll be open simultaneously. 20-meter propagation is lousy, of course, because of our solar cycle and all of that. Uh, and there's a Class 2 geomagnetic storm in the forecast. So it's all bad for radio. Uh, mandatory evacuation orders were issued for lots of towns along the North Carolina coast. And uh, they expect lots of damage and you know things that happen when hurricanes happen. So uh, we have a link to some information you can find out about activating nets about the hurricane and you can check those out and participate if necessary or if you're in the area i'm sure they will be looking for lots of assistance yeah and if you do get onto the uh, echo link nets just make sure that you connect to one of the uh, listening ones only unless you are <clears throat> participating uh, actively in uh, any type of uh, uh, traffic passing and stuff like that so they have a bunch of them <clears throat> on uh, on uh, Echo Link, and I think there's like three or four conference nodes that are, are that are automatically muted and joined in with the uh, weather net. So if you're interested in listening, do that. And boy, am I glad I moved out of Wilmington, North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you live in a certain part of the country, you have to expect a certain type of weather. And if you're on the coast, you know the Atlantic coast, then you kind of have to be expecting hurricanes because that's where Absolutely. they happen. So. It's no surprise. It is no surprise, <laughs> although everyone seems to be when they come about. So, yes. Well, we spoke, no ma- we spoke to Russ's brother earlier who lives in New Hampshire, and apparently the waves are horrible there right now because of the storm. Like, uh, wow, yeah, that, that, that's a ways. And he's like, yeah, it's a ways. 
Well, the storm at one point was 400 miles wide or something like that, so it, it, it covers a, <clears throat> a pretty large swath of territory, so oh, it yeah. affects a lot of surrounding water. That's yep. true. <clears throat> All right, very good. So be aware down there in the southeastern United States of Hurricane Florence, and you know, we'll move on. Uh, we'll talk about now, or Bill is going to talk about PWSAT-2. Yeah, the PWSAT-2 is ready for the autumn launch. Student satellite PWSAT-2 is ready for, oh, I'm going to repeat it twice, <clears throat> into split space. Uh, this autumn, it will travel to the U.S. where it will be placed on a rocket and launched into space. I, I thought it would be placed on like a back of a Tesla or something like that. <laughs> <clears throat> the PWSAT-2 will be carried on board the Falcon 9 rocket. Okay, so it's almost a Tesla. Uh, with the SSOA mission from the Vandenberg base in California. According to the latest data, more than 70 other satellites, mainly CubeSats, will be carried into space together with the PWSAT-2 and the, the PWSAT team reported. Uh, the PWSAT-2 is the second Polish student satellite project with the aim to test the new orbit, uh, sorry, the new deorbit sail. Uh, a team formed of over 30 students to, from many different fac, uh, faculties of the Warsaw University of Technology started working on the new satellite in 2013. Uh, the PWSAT-2's launch into orbit is scheduled for quarter four of 2018. So, yeah. So, uh, the deorbit sail, which kind of looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually to uh, basically make the satellite fall out of orbit rather rapidly. And uh, they're kind of using this to prototype the ability to uh, to easily return satellites back to Earth or actually to burn them up instead of leave them up there as trash should uh, their lifespan decrease and they just want to get it out of the way. So I think the satellite's going to be up for about three or four, not three or four, I think it's like six months or less. Something like that, and uh, they'll test the deorbit sail, and it'll burn up, but uh, I believe it's going to have an amateur payload, so uh, we will be able to use it while it's uh, up there. All right, very good. So this uh, parachute thing is kind of the opposite of the solar sail propulsion proposed in the Tron movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would have the same kind of effect, though. I mean, I'm sure something is propelling it <laughs> with a sail. It's just propelling it straight towards straight Earth. down, right. All right, very good. So Cheryl can actually read this next one <coughs> if she can. Yeah, we're all hacking. Yeah, not, I, not I guess we all have uh, chosen a bad day to do this, but uh, yeah, well, I believe this one is written in such a way that um, you can read it just as it is, and you'll have to pronounce all of the crazy Chinese names. So have at it. Thanks. <laughs> So a tiny Chinese satellite is orbiting the moon and allowing radio amateurs to download images. China's Chang E-4 lander and rover are scheduled to launch in December this year to perform the first ever soft landing on the far side of the moon. But the mission's side quests are already performing impressive feats. One of two microsatellites, launched along with a required communications relay satellite in May, have quietly been allowing radio operators to download images from the spacecraft taken along its elliptical lunar orbit. Longjiang 2, a.k.a. DSLWP-B, was developed by students at the Harbin Institute of Technology, HIT, in Heilongjiang Province, Northeast China. Despite having to miss or having a mass of just 47 kilograms, the tiny satellite managed to use its own propulsion to slow down the inner lunar orbit while the relay satellite continued past the moon to its special destination. All right, that's special. very cool. <laughs> is its is its destination special because we're not supposed to know about it or because no one knows about it? Well, it's going to the dark side of the moon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, yeah. So this is, uh, we were just talking about, uh, you know, uh, the satellites in, you know, doing lunar orbit the last, uh, the last show. Um, or was that the deep dive? I can't remember. And it was uh, the deep dive with Dave because he was yeah. talking about that. Yeah. 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 So that's why I found this article and I was like, Oh, I gotta, we gotta include this because yeah, this talks exactly what, uh, what we were just talking about. And, uh, this is the satellite and they had some images up there. It's pretty cool. Uh, check it out. Yep, I am definitely looking forward to doing something or interacting with lunar orbit satellites. That's something that I never even considered as an amateur radio discipline. But now that these things exist, that sounds really cool. So can't wait to be able to to, uh, interact with them in some way. All right, so moving on from our amateur radio topics, we're going to talk about some open source topics. And the first one is FOSCON 2018, where open source and Lego collide. That sounds like my kind of conference. Uh, During the recent FOSCON 2018 in Philadelphia, Daniel Pecora gave attendees a comprehensive look at the intersection of open source development and the world's most popular brand of construction toys. A software developer with a penchant for open source code by trade, he's also an avid member of what's known as the adult fan of Lego, AFOL, community, who's exhibited his creations at shows across the United States and Canada. Daniel wrapped up the presentation with some details about the latest advancements in the AFOL community. Sounds almost too close to something else. Uh, Including 3D printing custom or rare pieces and the latest generation of Linux-powered Lego Mindstorms. These technologies are allowing for Lego creations that go far beyond what was capable in the early days and further cement Lego as a practical system for rapidly developing hardware projects. story came from Hackaday. That sounds really cool. I'm going to go see Linux-powered Lego. Yummy. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't actually seen these. I didn't look at the article, but uh, I'm going to have to do that because I want to see the cool things that they're doing here. So did I get from this that this has already happened? Yes. Oh, sorry. I'm doing notes somewhere else. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm just looking at uh, yeah. the article here, yeah. and yes, it has During happened. the recent. Yes. <laughs> During the recent. And I'm looking at cool. the pictures of some of these projects, and they're actually very cool. Uh, there's 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 a few pictures of different things and some more uh, descriptions of what was going on at Foscon in this article from Hackaday. So if you want to find out more about all these cool Lego projects that involved open source, you can check that out. All right, Bill, tell us about DXVK. DXVK, GitHub not found. Alert, alert, alert. Valve's copy throws an error. What's happening? Uh, this interesting topic popped up over on Reddit, of course, because that's where I spend all of my time, and <laughs> uh, exposed a new sort of flaw, possibly, in the handling of projects who's, uh, where the user who owns the project or have been forked or have forked the project have their, their accounts locked, and uh, you can't access any commits authored by them anymore which means that the commit list of any branch or the history of a file with a commit of them can't be accessed. And uh, <laughs> I thought this was kind of funny, but it was kind of disturbing in the same way. You know, you have a project up there that you uh, have, you know, people supposedly checking out and taking a look at cloning, whatever you, and, you know, possibly getting updates. And, you know, think of all the AUR packages tacked with uh, Git in it. And, uh, let's say for some random reason, uh, you know, the account holder gets their, their credentials removed or something like that. Like the account's locked for a violation of logins, too many logins or something like that, where they might be being hacked or something. 
Well, it locks the whole repo up, so now you can't uh, you can't really do anything with the repo. <laughs> I can see that being problematic. Yes. Yeah. So I thought it was kind of interesting. I haven't followed up on it since I found the story because this was fairly recent on 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 you know Monday morning. So, but yeah, interesting. All right, that that is interesting. So, what is DXVK? Just out of curiosity, uh, DXVK is the Vulcan uh, DX. Um, uh, blah, 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 blah. It's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sorry, know. I didn't mean to throw you the curveball there. I just, you know, it's you what, did put it's the, the direct X. It's the direct X layer. That's the Vulcan layer for direct X uh, for okay. gaming. So basically, this is all the people using Steam Play. <laughs> uh, right, any because Git it uses resources. the drivers. So. Yeah, using any Git resources. Uh, yeah, would be totally yeah screwed uh, doing an update. So yeah, uh, big. Big, big piece right now. <laughs> Has it's, Steam it's all been, been forked fixed. somewhere? It's all been fixed. So. <laughs> it's all been fixed. Okay. So is, there's no fork of this somewhere that uh, someone could have gotten it? Uh, there's possibly ways you could have uh, gotten around it, um, but it did kind of hose everything up uh, temporarily. Um, but yeah, like I say, I'll, I'll follow up on this and see if there was anything more to it beyond that. But uh, I believe they reinstated the account and everything else was good. And I never really got information on why the account was locked, perhaps, you know, maybe random. All right. Interesting. Weird stuff on GitHub. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is even weirder. The next story, Solus. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, we'll let Cheryl read the story and then you can elaborate. Uh, okay. So Solus is making changes. New EOPKG slash PISI update. Switch over to the new package repo should be incoming in the new in a in a few hours. We'll have a blog up on this as well, Joshua. Solus Project was recently given some resources from the Rochester Institute of Technology to improve on the multiple dedicated OVH servers that have been using they have been using for everything. Yeah. All right. So now Bill's going to translate. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought this was the story until I started hearing more and more and more about it. Because uh, I don't know if you noticed the link. Uh, it says getsoul.us. And, uh, of course, the uh, solusproject.com, or what is it, solusproject.org, I don't know, one of those, um, was the original URL for everything. Um, apparently, there was some kind of uh, disturbance in the force uh, with Ike moving from mainland Europe over to the UK or wherever the heck he was. He's moving somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and was incommunicado, and they're trying to push out something, and, of course, all the resources are locked up. Um, and I don't know all the details. So I don't want to get too too messy with it. But anyway, so they kind of moved everything over here, and I think maybe this was a plan at some point, and now they're actually moving it. But, uh, yeah, it, it's kind of interesting. This just popped up, and I thought, oh, this is kind of cool news because I you know, used to you know be a big Solus fan and everything else. And, uh yeah, so it, it's kind of interesting. A little little bump in the road for the uh, for the project, but uh, it looks like uh, the community is hanging, you know, keeping everything together and keeping it all running. And uh, apparently, they got uh, mirrors are all set up and everything else already. And a huge amount of computing power is available to them. I think it's like thirty two cores, hundred twenty eight gigs of RAM, and, and 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 a bunch of stuff. So they're able to do a lot of stuff. Yeah, Ireland to Great Britain. That's probably. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dave. <laughs> yeah. I knew it was from somewhere to somewhere. I can <laughs> pretty sure he was moving to the UK. Um, but yeah, so uh, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know the whole story yet. I don't know if anybody knows the whole story yet. If it's uh, completely out, what's going on? But apparently, something happened, and uh, everything kind of got moved over to get sold.us. So if you're interested in Solus, that's where you're going to find the latest ISO and all your resources. And if you have something installed 
older, you need to make sure you update everything so it uh, links into the right place for your package repo. All right. Very cool. <clears throat> and weird. There's like oddness. There, there are ripples yeah. in the ether. <laughs> well, you know, some people say this happens to these small projects, and that's, you know, these boutique uh, OSs. Like, they can kind of implode on, uh, you know, on the smallest thing. But uh, hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully it's just, uh, you know, just a little lack of communication and just the team wanting to push forward with something. And uh, this is how they push forward. So, but it's good. They got uh, some uh, some resources available to the team to grow that project uh, bigger and stronger. And uh, they continue to put out a really great product. So I'm uh, I'm looking forward to seeing good things from Solus. All right. Very cool. And before we move on to our other topic, I found one a little while ago that I didn't actually get a chance to put in the Etherpad. And I don't know how well this is going to read, but I'm going to try it anyway. Uh, it's an open source topic. It's something I found on a website called channelpartnersonline.com, and it's five open source trends to watch. Uh, this is kind of interesting. It says uh, open source software used in business has come a long way since the first Linux World Conference and Expo in March of 1999. Linux has been around as an operating systems operating system since its invention in 1991 by you know who Linus Torvalds. Uh, fast forward to 2018, open source software powers the internet, much of the world's cloud computing infrastructure, thousands of companies around the globe, and a wide range of technologies, including software used in motor vehicles, consumer devices, in-home systems, and more. Uh, despite its phenomenal growth, millions of developers continue to devote countless hours to projects. And by the end of 2017, more than 24 million developers in more than 200 countries have contributed to some 67 million GitHub project repositories. Many more projects are also used by more developers on code repositories offered by GitLab, Bitbucket, SourceForge, and others. And so they outline five different technologies to be looking out for in the open source space. And I'm just going to tell you what they are. And if you want to read more about them, you can check out the article. Uh, the first one is blockchain, which is definitely infecting the universe right now. Um, and that's a technology that I have to admit, I don't really understand. So I have more work to do on that. Uh, the next one is networking and cloud. Of course, we've heard about cloud for many years now, uh, but they're talking about uh, the future of cloud and the network infrastructure necessary for cloud. Uh, there's also functions as a service, and I'm getting almost tired of hearing something that's uh, some letter AAS, <laughs> because that's uh, pretty much everything there is nowadays. Uh, there's also market stabilization, which is interesting. Uh, this is obviously targeted more towards uh, upper management types, but uh, you know those are the only ones who care about things like market strategy. Uh, and the last one is small and medium businesses adopting open source, which we can all assume is a good thing. So that sounded like an interesting article, and I'm going to go ahead and finish the rest of it uh, after the show is over, uh, and a link to it will be in the show notes. So check that out. All right, and then... We'll move on to Linux in the Hamshack type stuff, and we're going to revisit our talk on the satellite we mentioned before and a desktop application for that. So, Bill, take it away. Absolutely. Yeah, the PWSAT2 uh, has a ham desktop application. This application helps the PWSAT2 project by allowing amateur radio operators to register uh, with their with the cloud service that they have set up. 
to receive signals from the application. And uh, Wait, did you just say cloud service? Yeah. Hmm, that seems like a popular thing these yeah, days. Yeah, we just talked about that. It must be a plat- yeah. platform as a service or, uh, you know, smokestack. It's uh, amateur radio satellites <laughs> as a service. Yeah, A-A-A-S-S-A-S-S-S, something like that. Yeah, so. I-S-S-A-A-S. Although this is not a click-through install by any means. <laughs> the team does give a detailed instructions that should uh, should work on any Ubuntu system 16.04 to uh, to current LTS. So uh, yeah, so this is a combination of a GNU radio, uh, uh, some uh, fancy control stuff, a desktop uh, uh, desktop UI that allows you to basically collect uh, information from that PWSAT two while it's up into you know in in its uh, orbit or uh, however short amount of time that it's there. And uh, basically, all you have to do is beyond uh, compile the project, <laughs> just multiple multiple steps. You uh, you create a you create an account, then you sign in, and uh, you run the application. And once it gets up and flies, obviously, uh, you'll use uh, your SDR receiver. It uses a GNU radio to uh, plug into your SDR, and it takes care of. Uh, uh, let's see, take care of you. Take care of the Doppler shift compensation. You run the selected signal source in your ground station application, and you keep that window open, and it can deliver the IQ data to the demodulator, and then you run the demodulator, and then the decoded frame should start appearing in the frame list, and then those will then get uploaded to the cloud, so they could aggregate all this information uh, from, you know, you as a, you know, maybe a experimenter or whatever that wants to get involved in uh, helping collect data from satellite uh, for amateur radio. And uh, it's a it's a pretty clean looking application when it does come up. They have some application screenshots uh, that show uh, the interface. It has a nice little waterfall, has a spectrum as well, and of course it shows all the little demods running and install or uploading to the cloud. So uh, I did not get a chance to actually go through all the compile instructions because uh, you know a big fat drive showed up at my house to start doing backups, and I started that, and it basically stole all the resources from all my other computers. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't get time to actually install it to uh, to do anything. Not like uh, not like I could really do anything with it because uh, you know the satellite's not up in the air. And uh, uh, I mean, I do have a dongle here, I guess, an RTL SDR, so that could work um, for just playing around with and plugging in and testing it. But if you have GNU Radio working or anything else working with your SDR, should probably have no problem at all getting this uh, this installed and running. And if you have some spare cycles on your computer and uh, are interested in grabbing this uh, bird as it flies by uh, in the the last quarter of the year here when it goes up, uh, go ahead and check a look at the project. It's it's very well documented. Uh, Lots of links in the show notes (laughs) for all the various uh, sub-projects in GitHub. They have uh, everything sitting in their repository. So it's it's, it's real, real easy to kind of get started on it. So, uh, yeah, if you haven't done any telemetry capturing and stuff like that before, this is, uh, a little bit, uh, a little bit more than just telemetry. So, uh, so this is pretty interesting, uh, pretty interesting application and setup that they're doing here. So I would check out their site for more information and, uh, I'll probably try to compile this sometime this week and, uh, see if, uh, see if there's anything to report back beyond that. Very good. I believe I will try and do this as well. Because I would like to have that operational by the time there is something to actually connect to it with. So <clears throat> that sounds really cool. And I do see you have a bunch of links here uh, to the various parts, and they are all, I believe, uh, hosted at GitHub, of course, a nice repository for open source software. 
So uh, we will have links to all of that in the show notes. You'll be able to download and compile this for yourself if you want to participate in uh, PWSAT2. Cool. All right. So this was kind of quick oh, and dirty. mention one more topic uh, in that area. Well, I was going to mention that in the next show. No, we show. should mention it now because it's, it's Linux in the ham shack. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Well, we can mention That's it in both right. shows, actually. That'd be fine. All right. So Bill wants me to mention the torrents. We've been talking about torrents. We talked about torrents in the last episode. In fact, we did a deep dive on torrents and cubic. Um, and we mentioned in that show and probably the last two shows before that, that there were going to be torrents available of the Linux in the Hamshack built ISOs. And that has now come to pass. They are available. And uh, I put them up this afternoon for all intents and purposes. And they... Uh, <coughs> <all right>. <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> so i put them up and they are already being leached which means there should be multiple seeders before too long and if you want to download the isos and see them yourself on your own BitTorrent servers then i would highly recommend that you do that we would appreciate it uh, the information on how to do that is in the last deep dive episode if you if you aren't already aware of how that works uh, but you can also use just a client uh, like Transmission or uTorrent or rTorrent or LimeWire or any other BitTorrent client to download them. Uh, the links are on the website. They are at lhspodcast.info stroke torrents. And you can find also torrents of all of our past episodes uh, arranged by year through 2017. And as soon as 2018 finishes up, there will be an archive of all the 2018 episodes as well so if you're into torrents and you want to get data that way and you want to help us seed our isos then feel free to download those torrents and they are based on the 1804.1 version because bill kindly rebuilt them all and the only one i have not seeded is ubuntu studio uh, i did the other four so there's kubuntu ubuntu mate ubuntu budgie and zubuntu yeah, and I'll work on uh, the mainline Ubuntu, which I guess is GNOME. <laughs> yeah, so so that I'll be able to use it. At yeah, some I'll way. go ahead and try to build yeah. that. I think I, I did run into an issue with the uh, the original. Well, yeah, the baseline Ubuntu. I think that the the live CD has some of the repos turned off, so it didn't find all the Ham Radio Star repos <laughs> or meta packages. So uh, I got to just make sure I uh, enable that source out of the source list, and uh, and then it'll be able to move forward on that. All right, very good. So that was the only sort of announcement we had, or Linux in the Hamshack topic, if you will. And so that means we're about to close out the show, and we want to do that by going through our social media roundup. So let's do that. Alrighty then. So for this week, for our Patreons, we have William Heckelman, John Spriggs, Steve Sainer, Donald Gover, Robert Pitts, Paul Griffith, Jonas Rouleau, John Zaruba Jr., Samuel Vimes, Steve Metcalf, Chris Beggio, and Darren King. For subscriptions, we have James Lewis, who is new. Welcome aboard. Steve Hepler, Jeff Zimmerman, Michael, excuse me, Michael Jopling, Steve Nichols, Todd Bowers, Thor Weekman, Stephen Harp, Charlie Brown, Kevin Murray, Wayne Carpenter, Doug Redder, Bill Piotr, Dylan Engel, Alan Wilson, John Clark, Michael Aiello, Robert Halliday, Brian Smith, Johnny Kinsey, Ronald Ike, Robert Yerke, Michael Connolly, and Jeremy Hall. For Facebook, we have Anthony Jeffries, Terry Bindell, 
Jason Reese, Christopher J. LaRue, Ken Hall, and Vincent Ditezio. Guessing that. For Google Plus, we have Jeff Jones. For Twitter, we have JoeSpat07802639. We have W8FW underscore MCARC. We have at PA4TW, at K5RHD, at Rex underscore KE6MT, at PN Slate, and at Tony C92010. On YouTube, we have Cecil Madden, Gary Costanzo, Michael McShan, Barry Furnival, Ramesh Kumar, Fred Bowman, Dallas Asher, and Robert Ellis. Our mailing list was Carlo, DG6FFG, and Jorgen, 0-Z-5JBJ, and no merchandise sales. (laughs) My nose is running, so (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. All right. So, anyway, that was the Social Media Roundup. So, thanks to James for getting on board, and we'd like to encourage anyone who listens to this who might be connected to the IRC. Sorry. Uh, who, who might be connected to the IRC to maybe connect to Discord. If you don't know what Discord is, just look it up. Everyone's using it. We're going to try and shift over to that. And uh, we might be setting up, well, I've already got certain uh, subscriber level areas set up and there's uh, notifications over on Discord. If you are a subscriber of the show, you sort of get special privileges and we may set it up where you'll have uh, better access to the hosts and things if you want to do voice chats or text chats. Uh, so we definitely recommend that uh, you move over to Discord. And if you want to subscribe to the show, you may get some additional extra benefits for doing so. I'm going to have to subscribe to the show. No, you're not going to have to subscribe <laughs> to the show. So. But we'll make it worth your while in some way. So. You're going to make it worth my while? Not your while. I'm talking uh, yeah, to them. Of course not. Not, you. not mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. All right. So anyway, that is the end of the show. So thank you to everybody who showed up in the chat room. And those people are uh, that we know of N3JIX, KB2YSI, Don, KC9ZMY, Don, KB0WD, Dave, DeVere, who's in the Discord, uh, Jay Lindsay uh, popped on in the IRC. And I don't see any other, like, frantic hand-waving or anything, so I believe that's all. I'm sure there are much more people who are listening to the stream than are actually in the chat. Uh, But we thank everybody who participated in the show listening live, and we appreciate everyone who downloads and listens to it um, when we're not live. I mean, if you didn't download and listen, we probably would just go do something else. Um, But we do enjoy this, and uh, we will be recording another episode very very soon but for now we're going to wrap up episode number 245 of linux in the ham shack i am russ k5 tux i'm cheryl w5moo and i'm bill ne4rd 73 thank you for listening to this episode of linux in the ham shack lhs is a community sponsored podcast our website is located at lhspodcast.info You can support the program by visiting the LHS Patreon page of patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or using the contribute link on the website. Get in touch via social media. The show has a presence on Google+, Facebook, Twitter, Discord and YouTube. 
Or you can drop an email to info at lhspodcast.info or record a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW. That's 1-909-547-7469. Visit the IRC channel, LHS Podcast, on the Freenode IRC network. Also visit the online merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable LHS merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a Linux convention or ham fest. Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info or visit the website for details. The podcast is recorded live every Monday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Connect to the stream at stream.blacksparrowmedia.net colon 8008 stroke LHS live. Until next time, over and out. in the ham shack in the linux in the ham shack logo are released under a creative commons attribute non-commercial no derivatives 4.0 international license